It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Professor Nolan, good morning. Good morning. In general, I think it's fair to say, Anne, that most of our young people uh, are, are they're, they're pretty much okay and they're, they're quite happy with their lives. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, it's important to start with uh, the positive news here. Um, as you said in your introduction, I think there can be a lot of focus, obviously, um, on, on mental health and well-being in young people. But I think it's important to point out that the vast majority of our young people um, are doing well and they report uh, positive well-being. Um, now, saying that, you know, obviously then it's important to to uh, drill down a little bit more, I suppose, into those that are not doing so well and to try and identify the factors um, that are associated with those poorer outcomes and to see, you know, if there's something we can do about that. So is it to do with, you know, income uh, and sort of poverty and lack of resources? Is it to do with, you know, the relationships that those young people have? Is it something uh, in their school environment? So that's really what we set out to do uh, in this study, to look at, I suppose, all those different factors that go into the mix in determining uh, mental health. Could you define for me in, in layman's language, if you could, and the ter- what the term socio-emotional means? Yeah, so this is, um, it's, it's really, a, it's a terrible technical term, but essentially what it means is um, uh, sort of feelings of low mood um, and or problems with, with friends. Um, so these are sort of um, uh, problems whereby, um, uh, you know, you, you feel quite emotional and sort of sad or downhearted. You might feel picked on or bullied um, at school. Um, and they're kind of in contrast to other sorts of poor um, uh, well-being outcomes where people might sort of act out. So these are things where it's much more internal to the individual in terms of how they feel. And mm. um, so uh, that's broadly what it means. And I think your research, which by the way was, was carried out before the pandemic, your, your research found that these problems begin to manifest themselves in the younger years between say three and nine yeah, so um, the advantage, I suppose, of the, the growing up in Ireland data, which um, I'm sure many of your listeners are, are familiar yeah. with, is that we follow people through time. And so we have two groups of young people that we're looking at in this study. So one were aged nine and the other were aged 17. But for both of those groups, we have data going back, you know, for the nine year olds right back until they were three and for the 17 year olds back to when they were aged nine. So we can sort of track what happens 
to mental health um, as they as they age. Um, and you'll see between the ages of three and nine that broadly um, these sort of socio, what we call those socio-emotional difficulties, they start to increase. Um, and similarly for the, the nine to 17 year olds. Um, and really what's interesting about the teenage years, I think, is is how... Um, young men and women start to start to differ. Yeah. Um, so for for boys, essentially, you see that there's not much change between the ages of nine um, and 17. They stay broadly stable in terms of um, the proportion that have these difficulties. But for girls or young women, um, there's a much bigger increase um, by the age of 17. So by the age of 17, girls have much more difficulties than boys. Um, Do we know why that girls, is? Suppose, yeah, so I suppose there's there's been a number of reasons put forward for this. One is that, um, you know, boys and girls are, you know, express their difficulties uh, differently. Um, and perhaps girls are just more expressive in terms of emotions um, than boys are. And that's what gets picked up in the data. There's also um, an explanation that says that, you know, uh, uh, women and young women uh, face more pressure in terms of how they look and how they act. Um, and this, I suppose, can um, manifest then in these kinds of emotional difficulties and feeling sort of downhearted and under a lot of pressure. Mm. Um, and then there's also the issue around, you know, the age that they're at. They're at 17. Um, most of them were doing their leaving cert. Um, and we just know from lots of other research that girls face, um, they feel a lot more pressure um, around the leaving cert than, than boys do. Um, mm. So it could be a combination of those factors that's, that's going on here. You found that a good relationship with parents is is very uh, important for positive mental health. But there is a thing, isn't there? And that pretty much every teenager at some point or other, someone said to me one time, if if your teenage daughter or son aren't telling you once a week that they hate you, you're not doing your job properly. (laughs) It's a very difficult time to have a close relationship with your youngster. It is, it is. And I think, you know, what we're what we're showing here is that this is, um, uh, you know, having a sort of a positive and sort of open uh, relationship uh, with your child um, sort of in the earlier years can be protective even in uh, in teenage years when, as you say, you know, sometimes the relationship can get a bit rockier. Um, I suppose the other thing to mention as well is that, um, you know, I suppose this results not really surprising you know we'd all sort of expect that if you get on well with your parents you're you're more likely to have positive mental health but But what it says in the years that they push the boundaries the hardest and they will between say 17 and and 19 they'll push the boundaries harder than they'll ever push before and that's damn hard to I, i know i've been there that's very hard as a parent to live with but it's the message from your research to parents is stick with it grit your teeth and, and, and go through exactly, it. and I th- yeah, and I think you know the foundation that you've built up when your your teenager was younger will be important, and that sort of stands to both you know the parent and the child in their relationship in uh, in the teenage years. And I suppose you know it's important to say that I suppose other relationships become relatively more important in teenage yeah. uh, years. So it's not all about the parents well, and the, the friends are their family. world. Their friends are their world when they're in uh, when they're teenagers, and you can see this coming through in in our research as well. That the sort of the number of friends, the the quality of their friendships becomes much more important yeah. and much more linked with their with their mental health, um, and also what happens at school. And um, so even in the nine year olds, you know their school environment, 
um, you know, their interactions with their teachers is important, but it's really important uh, in the teenage years as well. So I suppose that just reflects, you know, teenagers, um, you know, they're pushing the boundaries, but they're also starting out, um, you know, to make themselves more independent and start out on their own independent lives. And that starts in, in the teenage years. And you can see that happening, you know, in terms of the, the relationships that start to become relatively more important to them. Now, things like smoking, drinking, unhealthy eating often begin in those teenage years. How much of it is related to the relationships in our lives? Yeah, so um, that, uh, the sort of unhealthy behaviours, um, we had looked at this in a in an earlier report. Um, uh, and again, you know, the sort of the relationships do, uh, do matter here um, as well. But I suppose what's, um, you know, what's interesting there is that it's, um, you know, similar factors to do with, for example, socioeconomic status also matter. Um, uh, but also what... Um, you know, was, I think, surprising for us in some of that research is we thought that things to do with, for example, healthy eating policies in schools or, you know, the amounts of sports facilities in a school would be really important in kind of determining how much exercise uh, a young person was doing. But actually, it wasn't so much that. It was more, you know, the kind of uh, the school climate that was important rather than sort of actual policies mm. um, or facilities. So I suppose, you know, seeing other people doing uh, healthy things was was important more so than, you know, the sort of um, mandated activities. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of food for thought in this. And as I say, this data was collected mostly uh, before the pandemic. But even now, I suppose your research is ongoing, uh, Dr. Nolan. And has the pandemic changed the, the, the game, as it were? for teenagers in particular are they struggling are they struggling more with the pandemic do we need to look at that yeah i think i think it would be fair to say that that is um true so um the growing up in ireland data that we used as you mentioned obviously the the report is based on data that was collected before the pandemic um but the growing up in ireland team um have followed these young people um into the pandemic so last december uh, they interviewed both these groups again um, and really what was quite, I suppose, striking and, and shocking to us was the, the decline in mental health and well-being, both for the younger cohort and for the teenagers. So the teenagers were 20 by the time they were surveyed uh, during the pandemic. And just to give you an example, I suppose, of the scale of the decline um, before the pandemic. So at the age of 17, um, about a quarter of these young people or teenagers reported poor mental health um, but by December of 2020, so just a year ago, so, you know, not even a year into the pandemic, um, that proportion uh, was nearly half. Um, mm. And it was much higher for, for girls than it was for boys. So, again, you see that gender divide coming through. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, those figures, they're shocking, but they're not surprising. You yeah. see this um, reflected in data from the CSO and in other countries that, in terms of mental health and well-being, it's our younger people that have borne the brunt, um, unfortunately. And I suppose um, it is too early to tell. It probably is too early to tell whether that is a temporary dip or will do long-term damage. Yeah, so I suppose, you know, if you think about, I suppose, the continuum of, of, of difficulties that young people may face, I suppose, if you think back to December of 2020, this was when restrictions were starting to be imposed again. Um, so, uh, you know, as it is now, there's a lot of uncertainty. It's a very stressful time. Uh, and, you know, you would hope that the vast majority of young people, you know, when life starts to become 
more normal and you know they they go back to seeing their friends and being able to travel and do all the things that a 20 year old um, uh, normally does that they'll you know revert back and it'll be temporary but I suppose the big worry is that you know there's certain groups of young people here um, given you know the the fact that they're I suppose exposed to poorer well-being at a really sort of crucial point in their life you know maybe when they're going to college or starting a first job that it, that impacts on that sort of transition. Um, and we know from, for example, from previous recessions, you know, that if young people um, lose their jobs or you're exposed to a lot of hardship early on in life, that can kind of leave a long-term scarring effect. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be really important to sort of track these outcomes um, and to really sort of focus on those that might need um, additional supports um, as we come out of the pandemic. A lot of work there for yourself and your research teams in the years to come. Thank you for being with us on the Opinion Line. Dr. Anne Nolan, Associate Research Professor with the Economic and Social Research Institute. Quartz 96 FM. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.